if you have a home loan need, I recommend IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. It's where you start, enter some basic information. Somebody from the team is going to get back with you. Let you know what additional information is needed, and then you will be off to the races. The site itself is a resource uh, that has so much more than just that. But that should be your first step if you are considering looking at any homes. That way you have that pre-approval letter. It's good for like three months. So you find a home, and you're like, this is it. This is the one, and it's a weekend, and somebody else also sees it, and they say, it's the one for us but they already have a pre-approval letter saying, oh, yeah, they're good for this. They're covered. Uh, guess who's going to get it? Because you're saying, well, now Monday I'll call my guy, and, uh, and oh, I know I'm good for it. That doesn't matter. So just have it ahead of time. I want a great loan.com because you do. I want to talk uh, about this um, news leader piece. It's not their library. Nixa High School Students Forum Group to Fight Book Ban Attempts. And just going to hit a couple of of aspects of this, but again, it illustrates that when it comes to writing on issues of education, the news leader is, I I don't know if they're not capable or willing to write objectively. It is all propaganda. It is all for a purpose. And it's very easy to, to see that in the way things are written. It is very clear when you read any story from the newsletter that involves people within the public education system or issues in the public education system, who's right and who's wrong, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And when you consistently do that, you're failing. Now, there are some issues that you may cover, and if you're writing a story about a child molester and your objective, it's obvious, pretty obvious, who the good guy and who the bad guy is. But when you're writing about something like education, where people have differing opinions, where people should have differing opinions, that's why there are multiple people on the school board, otherwise you would just have one person. If everyone was expected to believe, think the exact same thing and not have a diversity of opinions. But when so when you consistently cover uh, an issue or um, an industry, if you will, like education in, in Springfield, and it's clear every single time who you're supposed to see as the good guy and, and the bad guy, that is total. That's not journalism. That's advocacy. And again, I, I don't know. Claudette Riley with the newsletter, she's the one who always covers the education pieces. I don't know her personally. I, she may not be capable of being objective. I, I, I don't know. Or it may be she's friends with these people. She likes them. Uh, and so she knows what she's doing. I, I don't know the answer to that. But it really doesn't matter because the newsletter continues to allow it to happen. Which is why, it, in my assessment, if you're wanting objective news... That doesn't tell you what to believe, but instead provides you all the facts, and then you can you know, take it from there. The, the newsletter is certainly not the place to go. But if you want to know what the inside elite, who, who the elites and who you're supposed to support and who the outsiders are, then you know, it, it's, it's a preach into the choir sort of piece. And, and this 
story regarding book banning in schools is right there with all the other pieces that are advocacy pieces. So some on that coming up here, the latest news right now. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Days after a judge declared a high school quarterback eligible to play for Glendale High School, his mother is speaking publicly about her son's case. Kylan Mabins transferred from Kickapoo High School after he says he experienced harassment there. Mabins' family filed a lawsuit against SPS and the Missouri State High School Activities Association after the organization ruled him ineligible to play. After a multi-day hearing, the judge granted an injunction to allow the senior to play. SPS has maintained its position that the school district's employees acted appropriately. Welcome news for those with electric vehicles. A ribbon-cutting ceremony was held in the Ozarks yesterday for one of Liberty Utilities' first installation of EV charging stations as part of National Drive Electric Week. The fast charging station is located at the Signal Convenience Store on Highway J and is the second installation in Liberty's Ready Charge program. Tune in to Fox 49 at 5 and 6. I'm Angela Luna. Now, the first alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. From Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, mostly sunny 83 for a high today, cloud 63 tonight, tomorrow sunny with a high of 86. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. Well, we had some severe weather over the weekend, and many of you, especially in the northern portion of the listening area, St. Clair County, Hickory County, Polk County, and even northern Greene County, some of you may have experienced some pretty big uh, size hail or some wind damage. And if that is the case and you are worried about uh, any damage to your roof, I recommend Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company. They can come out. They'll do a free inspection for you. They'll get on your roof and take tons of photos and videos. Videos, they'll get up there so you don't have to and then they will walk through the process with you maybe you are in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof maybe you need just a simple roof repair either way the pyramid roofing they have got you covered and it really is a peace of mind knowing that the next time that a severe weather storm moves through the Ozarks that you have that brand new roof from the Pyramid Roofing Company. It's just kind of like a, ah, I can enjoy the the rain and uh, the wind instead of having to be like, oh my goodness, is this the day that my roof is going to fly off? So if you are in one of those situations where you do need a roof repair or a whole new roof, the Pyramid Roofing Company can help you out with all of that. You can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about this piece. Uh, the, the, the title, it's not their library. Nixa High School students form group to fight book ban attempts. <clears throat> There's two stories here. One, it's the article itself. And then two, it's the content of the article, which are two separate things. Now, the very, <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you, this is the very first thing that jumps out at me, the headline. Quote, it's not their library, in quotes. Nixa High School students form group to fight book ban attempts. Now, my very first, this is how my mind works. My first thought is, who said that and to whom are they referencing? For a number of reasons. <clears throat> you know, is this somebody that is it currently a student? Are they talking about parents who have students? Are they talking about outside? I, you know, so I, I'm just, this is curious to me. Headline grabs my attention. I go through the entire story and I maybe I am missing it. I can't find that quote anywhere in the story at all. Not only am I unable to get any context, 
And maybe, you know, I fully open and aware that maybe the way it printed off, somehow it left that part of the article off. It is possible. But to have a quote in a headline like that, that grabs you, that makes a point, right? It makes a, you know, a point that you already know from the get-go which side you're supposed to be on here. It's not their library, it's ours. The, the inference I think most people would take away is that this is a student that is talking about outsiders. But I, best I could tell reading the article, we don't know that. I know many of you know this as well, but they're using the term book ban in an erroneous way. This isn't banning the book. In fact, I'm not even sure that if a student wanted to bring one of these books in themselves, if they would be prevented from doing so. This is about whether or not taxpayers would purchase books that would go in the library that were accessible to all students. Look, here is a fact. When you are talking about a physical location, library, for example, there's only so much self space, shelf space you have. So you have to pick a finite amount of books. There's only a certain amount you can have. Which means the vast majority of books that have been written are not going to make the cut. Are, the, all, is the, are they banned? How is it that books are chosen to go in a library? There is some standard, and though people are going to disagree clearly as to where what that standard should be, the fact of the matter is there is some sort of criteria that is set up. Let's say the purpose of the books are to further the education of young people. There may be disagreement as to whether or not certain books should be prioritized over others. Some would argue that given the, now this is Nixa, not Springfield. But overall in this country, as this is, is more and more of an issue, how we continue to have diminished returns on the education investment here, that we would focus more on books that might actually improve a child's education as opposed to pornography regarding, quote, social issues. But the fact of the matter is, when a decision is made, these are the books that we have decided fulfill what it is that we are trying to do. That doesn't mean that those that don't make the cut are being banned. If that's the case, then every single library bans books, every one of them. Because every book that is chosen to not be in the library is banned according to their definition. It's just like you know, a restaurant. A restaurant is going to only have so many items on the menu. Sometimes that changes. For the most part, it usually uh, stays pretty static. I like tater tots. Most restaurants don't serve them. Retro Metro does. I got their high-class tots. I recommend. If I go to a restaurant and I order tater tots and they tell me, well, actually, that's not on our menu, it, 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 
Am I to be outraged because they ban tater tots? Why would you ban tater tots? They didn't really ban them. They're just not part of our menu. They don't fit what it is that we are serving. There is this other, and there's a lot of very um, successful marketing that is done on the side of those who want to have pornography in the schools. And one of the things, and this is gaslighting, because they, they turn it upside down. In fact, I highlighted a, a, a portion of the news story here, talking about this the organ, some of these students that have banned together in order to stop book banning. And in the news leader, it reads, they support parents taking an interest in what their ch- children are reading and making decisions about what their child can access in the classroom or library, but... No, they don't. But they oppose the parent of one child having a say in a level of access for other children. Actually, that's exactly what they support. If. So here's the, let's say that there is a particular book that I do not feel is appropriate for a library. And so... Say I'm the decision maker, and that book isn't in the library. Does that mean that no child is going to be able to have access to that book? Does that mean that parents, am I making that decision for a parent as to whether or not that parent gets to read that, or that, that child gets to read that book? No, of course not. It's the parent's decision. Just because it's not in the library, accessible to all kids, that doesn't, that's not making a decision for other parents. That's leaving the decision to the parents. That's putting the ball in the court of every parent. The scenario that results in one parent or child having a say in the level of access for all children is the decision to put a book in a library because then the parents don't get to choose. Whatever the book is, see the way that they manipulate the the truth here? They make it seem as if The person who says that's not appropriate for the library is the person that is deciding what books all children will have access to in place of their parents making that decision. But that's not the truth because those parents can buy those kids those books every day of the week. They can take them to the other public libraries and get it. They can buy them online. They have control. But if one parent says, I want this book in here, then I don't have control over whether or not my child has. That's where you have the person that is taking control away from all the parents. It is a completely dishonest argument that's made. And it may be genuine. Maybe the, some of these students making the arguments haven't really thought about it. We do find, and it's not completely the education system at fault here. Some of it is the ease at which... Information is available and you don't ever have to think of anything. You just got to Google it. There is critical thinking that is lacking amongst young people to the degree that it existed 20 years ago. To where these things that you can look at and recognize, well, wait a minute. No, the, tr- the reality here is the opposite of what you're saying. Genuinely, their minds may not work in a manner that makes that, that allows them to understand that. And it's not saying they're stupid. It's just... 
as your brain is formulating, it's the difference between people who, whose brains were formulated and had to figure stuff out themselves versus people whose brains were formulated and you never really did have to figure out things because you just Googled it and you got the answer. It was as easy as that. I want to take a break and share just a couple other aspects of this newsleader piece here uh, with you titled, It's Not Their Library, Nixa High School Students Form Group to Fight Book Ban Attempts. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Headline of a advocacy piece in the newsleader regarding books in public schools. The headline, it's not their library, in quotes. Nick's a high school students form group to fight book ban attempts. I couldn't find in the story who actually said that. What the context was, to whom they were speaking or referencing. Regarding that, one of the messages in on the American Transmissions talk and text line, do the kids at Nixa realize that it's not their library? They don't pay for it. It's the taxpayers, and the taxpayers have a pretty good decision in that. Uh, Should have a vote in what is put in the library because we're paying for it after all. Uh, This is an, an excellent point, and... I, I I'm I imagine that it ultimately see again this is where the disadvantage is because best I could tell that quote is not attributed to anyone in the actual article but given the article is about high school students let's I think it's fair to assess here that that is a student saying that um, and to the point of Michelle texting in no it's not your library it's there for you to use. This is the other problem we have in our society, and it's not just with young people. It's the center of the universe syndrome, where people genuinely believe that they are the center of the universe. Well, this is my library. No. It is a library, as is the school itself, that is paid for by the community. Run by, theoretically, People on a school board elected by people in the community who paid for it. Guess whose library that is? It's theirs. And again, yes, it was set up for you for the purposes of educating you, but that ain't your library. If I own a restaurant, I paid for a restaurant, I hired the managers to run the restaurant. And a customer comes in and starts demanding I put certain menus on the or certain items on the menu that aren't there based on the premise telling me this isn't your restaurant, it's mine. Mm, no, it isn't. My restaurant. I paid for it, hired the people to run it. Yes, I built it and hired those people to run it for the purpose of having you come in here to provide you a service, but it's mine, not yours. This is an unfortunate perspective that has continued to to foster itself in in this this culture today where these people, they think they can just have or whatever they want because they're just the center of the universe. Everyone exists for them. Everything exists for them. 
to where you have, and again, I believe this is a genuine perspective of someone who has been essentially robbed, an upbringing that allows the individual that said this to understand the reality of what's going on, and, and that is that, you know, no, I own this library, it's mine. No. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Couple other aspects of uh, this story I want to share as we continue on this morning. If you do miss any of the show, of course, we do have the on demand section on the app as well as ksgf.com. We are still, we still have tickets to give away. I know you said mention it again. I, I think I forgot to mention it earlier. Did I forget to mention again for people yep. to text in? So if you, uh, we, Cheap Trick is going to be performing at the Galois October 2nd. We have numerous pairs to give away. If you want a chance to win a pair, just text the word trick, just the word. Nothing else added to it. To the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, 447-KSGF. If you do it successfully, you'll get a message back telling you so. And then Sarah will actually contact you today if you are a winner. Traffic update, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Alert forecast, color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, mostly sunny 83 for a high today, cloud 63 tonight, tomorrow sunny with a high of 86. We do have a Heroes Breakfast coming up Friday at Scramblers, a couple days away. Broadcast live there every Friday, sponsored by Affordable Towing, and every so often we do a breakfast that's free for veterans. If you are a veteran, this Friday as we broadcast live from Scramblers 6A to 9A, you're going to get free breakfast, that thanks to... Delta Roofing, Serenity Honors, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, and Delta Roofing, or Scramblers. I mentioned all, I think I got everyone mentioned in there. I'm talking about this story. Uh, it's not their library. Nixa High School students form group to fight book ban attempts. And there's, there's two aspects to this. One, it is the advocacy of the news leader in the piece. And then there's just also the subject itself. And... Uh, unfortunately, you know, one thing that I, I do think there is an opportunity here and what you have are students involved, students that are engaged, and that should not in and of itself be dismissed. Although the sort of, and we'll get to this coming up, there, some there tends to be this default, well, whatever they say should go. Well, that's not part of the learning opportunity is understanding that that's not necessarily the case. But I think it, it is also a great opportunity instead of just dismissing or, or frankly, even being somewhat pandering. That doesn't benefit kids. This is a learning environment. So this could be a fantastic learning opportunity. But, I, I, you know, I don't think pandering and lavishing praise in order to make them, you know, feel rewarded for being involved and voicing their opinions, that they be treated like adults in this. And they should be talked to like adults. And you know, th th that should be part of the learning experience that, okay, we understand this is your perspective, but here is this one, and, and you've got to understand. And I'm not saying that isn't occurring, but my point is that simply – it's easy oftentimes to be like, oh, kids, what do they know? But the point of school is to learn. And so I would even argue perhaps it's incumbent upon adults to utilize it as an opportunity to teach. Okay. 
let's go to Carissa on the American Transmissions talk and text line in Nixa. Carissa, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Nick. I, I appreciate you bringing this to the attention of uh, the community. Um, you know, you couldn't be more right when you say that the news leader is um, propagandizing yeah, this this uh, story. And you can see the agenda all over it. Um, Nixa students have never been um, talked to or threatened in any way, and they're rushing to make themselves the victims in this entire situation. Um, well, and let, let been... me, Chris, if you could, I'm going to read uh, for the listeners a portion of this piece that is going to um, that that you're talking about here, and it's the. It's the the advocacy uh, propaganda part of the news leader here that is painting the picture so everyone knows who the good guy is and the bad guy is. And sure. uh, um, she she writes in the news leader piece in spring 2022 in early board meetings about book challenges. Adults who addressed the board called names and made ugly comments leveled at students, other adults and high school librarians. Students opted not to respond the same way. They chose to remain calm and reasonable. So it's very clear. They can't help or in this instance, Claudette uh, can't help but editorialize. And and this is oftentimes some what happens with people who are emotionally driven on the left. They they worry that the recipient of the information they provide isn't going to get it. So they have to sort of walk you through it a little bit, you know, just so you know, uh, the, the the adults were the bad ones here. Meanwhile, the kids were angels. So that that's for the for listeners. That's what it is. I believe you're referencing that. That's exactly right. Um, you know, and, and they're doing what the left does is they make themselves look like the victims here. Nobody has ever said any derogatory things towards the students whatsoever. And you made a good point earlier saying that. We do applaud them for getting involved. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's ironic that we've had former students get up and say something about the library, um, like giving them a book that actually did damage to them. Mm. And they can't, you know, they've had um, some recourse for reading books that were not age appropriate for them. And yet the board didn't um, applaud them. Right, well, um, sure. Well, and I, I made the point earlier, and, and this is where they turn it upside down. In the piece, it reads um, that one of the student activists, I think actually maybe is a former student, but saying that they oppose the parent of one child having a say in the level of access for uh, other children. But in reality, it's those who want the books put into the library that is trying to make the decision for all the parents. Because if there is a book that is not in the library accessible to all kids, then it is up to the parent to decide whether or not their child has access to that book. They can buy it if they want to or go to another mm -hmm. library and get it. Correct. But, but whenever you say, no, it's going to be in the library, then that parent loses the ability. That is the choice that's being made for all parents as to whether or not those children will have access. So as often as the time, they, they, they flip it completely upside down. Absolutely. I mean, there's really no oversight in the high school library. I, I don't go with my child. I have a high schooler. I don't go with her to pick out her books there. There is no oversight. Yes, I keep in good communication with my daughter about what she's reading. Um, but most parents just don't have the time or the ability to do that. Well, and, and that kids aren't parent, always straight up and honest, too. I mean, you know, exactly. Exactly. That's the reality. That's the reality. <laughs> exactly. 
And, and to say that one parent is making a decision for all, first off, it goes through a process. Yeah. The school um, em- employs a committee to make a decision on that book. And if the challenger doesn't like that book, then it goes to the board, which is a, an elected board of the community to make a decision. So they're trying to put this all on one parent right. when there is an actual process that goes that takes place to decide where this book needs to be. Well, and the news leader, they write it up that way because they, they what uh, I believe, what I infer from presenting it that way, is a desire to make people in the community at large believe that it's just one nutty extremist that is causing all of these problems for students who just want access to books, when, of course, that's nowhere close to reality. That's that's exactly right. Um, we started a Facebook page called Concerned Parents of the Ozarks, and we're getting closer and closer to nearly 500 members now. So it's not just one parent. We have a lot of parents that are very concerned about what's going on, not just with, li- with library books. That's a big topic, but just how public schools are um, using certain ideologies to push on our kids. And this is just one way. Well, and it becomes more and more clear uh, all the time, whether it's college campuses, and we're seeing it more on uh, you know K through 12, that there is an attempt to turn these schools into essentially education camps for progressivism for the Democrat Party. Uh, and one of the ways that you can tell is because every issue that they believe in, that they push, they claim it's not political. That's just the way it is. It's just the truth. Well, <laughs> oh, it wasn't that convenient for you. Chris, thank you. I, I really appreciate the call this morning. Uh, I, I want to make a couple other points about this. One of them, and this is something that has, it's a consistent, to me, lack of ethics in journalism. And that is, when, you, when you're talking about all of these, these books, what is it about? It's about the content of the book, right? They never, ever, ever print any of the content of the book. Never. What does that tell you? See, that's a huge red flag. It would be as if, let's say, that there was some sort of controversial, well, oh, here's a good example. Uh, In Springfield, there was a lot of controversy over whether or not to change the flag of Springfield, right? So it was about the flag of Springfield, the flag of Springfield, the flag of Springfield. Should we switch to this new flag? Every article that was ever written, what did they have in it? A picture of the flag. Why? Well, because that's what they're talking about, right? So you've got to see the flag. Yet, when it comes to the discussion of literature that many parents feel is not appropriate to be provided accessible to all students, whether their parents want it or not, based off the content that's in the book, isn't it amazing that they never share that content? Because they know. And they don't want other people to know it. These articles like this one is not written to inform. If it was written to inform, that information would be in there. It is written in order to win people over to a certain side. And they know if they printed excerpts from the books that many parents have a problem being provided to all children in the school regardless of their parents' wishes. Then they're going to lose that battle. So instead, here's what they do. 
Missouri was ranked number three in the nation with 333 books restricted in 14 districts, including Nixa. The most targeted books involved themes of violence or physical abuse, including characters of color or discussed race or racism and presented LGBTQ plus characters or themes. So, and this is the lie. They want you to believe the reason that these books are are for a lot of parents, you know, they're they're wanting to not have them be part of the, you know, on the shelves there for all children to have access is because it discusses race and, you know, bigots, racist, homophobes. That's what this is all about, of course. The thing that is the primary concern is the sexually explicit pornographic nature of these books yet that's the one thing that's left out of the description that's totally and completely dishonest that's not even a half glass full or pajama pajama sort of situation that is a blatant attempt to get people to believe something that is disinformation When you describe these books as, well, they're just about race issues and LGBTQ+. Now, that isn't to say that the pornographic books don't also have those issues in them. Which, why on earth, anyway, there seems to be this desire of LGBTQ plus authors to make them pornographic disproportionately compared to other books, I, I don't know. But, you know, how many pornographic books are in the school's that are strictly of a heterosexual nature. I I don't know the answer to that, but I suspect it's much lower, which, you know, again, it's sort of weird. But nonetheless, the point is here, again, it is an attempt, this is a lie. This is an attempt to, uh, on behalf of the newsleader, by the newsleader, to mislead the readers into believing something that's not, this is disinformation. One other aspect that I want to uh, talk about on this, and it, it goes back to a, this is referencing a student, a student being quoted. And so this is not, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm shifting back and forth and, and maybe this, I don't know. I, I, on one hand, these are young people that should be treated like adults, but I do think there are training wheels that are appropriate. And so somebody like the folks who run the newsletter or write these advocacy pieces, um, I think it's fair to perhaps be a little harsher with them than young people who are students. But you can still get the point across. They interviewed one 16-year-old student, said she became aware of the issue in middle school but did not get involved until she started at Nixa High School. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually happening in the world, and it's happening to us. Now, so this... And to me, this is a failure of the district itself when it comes to this particular issue. That you have students who think that this is the first time ever, or this is a new thing that libraries have to pick what books go on the shelves and what ones don't. Again, shelves have finite space. There are choices that are made. This is not a new concept. She said the adults who are challenging books ought to have more faith in students who will be graduating to pursue higher education or careers. 
quote, we're in high school. We can put context to those books because we have been taught how to do that by those people around us who are acting like we can't. A couple of things regarding this. Most of us remember when we were in high school. And in our minds, we were adults. I mean, in terms of being informed, making educated decisions. <clears throat> and this is a hard truth that I don't know that gets taught as much as it used to, which was beneficial. And that is that you're still young and you have not been in the real world. There are a lot of things that you don't know. And the idea that the default policy should be, we'll just put anything in there whatsoever because, I mean, after all, uh, the students, they can figure it out for themselves. Isn't the point of school the understanding that young people still have a lot to learn? Of all places, <clears throat> I would argue that a school is not the place that you just default to, well, let the kids just decide. Because after all, they, they, they're able to make these decisions for themselves when it comes to what is appropriate and not appropriate when it comes to learning and so forth. If they already knew all this, they don't need to be in school, do they? The reason school exists is because they don't, at this point in their lives, have these decision-making abilities or the judgment, the context. This, I mean, if that's the position that we're going to take, and a lot of adults take it too. Well, the kids, I mean, it's their library. They should decide. Well, let them start picking the menu for the cafeteria. Um, I'm sure a lot of them would like to vape in school. Let them make that decision, too. I mean, after all, they're informed. The information's available out there. You know, it's their own body anyhow, right? I mean, heck, if you can choose to get a sex change operation, certainly you can choose to vape. Why not let them just choose the curriculum? We don't even need a school board, right? I mean, if this is the idea and the premise that, hey, students, we should just trust them, they are going to know what's best when it comes to these issues of education, then let them decide. Calculus, is it really that needed? Now, of course, we don't do that. Why? Because these are kids who are still learning and still receiving direction. And the, the districts oftentimes appoint these things with a contradiction because they will, they will push these efforts and really highlight the social-emotional learning and all of these things. And they're all based off this idea and the premise that, you know, even when it comes to emotional, uh, you know, issues and like, that these young people are so moldable and so, in instances, fragile that, that we have to uh, address all of these different issues. But then, all of a sudden, when it comes to other certain issues, like, I mean, they're old enough to make the decisions for this. You can't really have it both ways. If you're intellectually honest. We have school boards and administrators and people who make these, and by the way, I'm not saying they always make the best decisions in the world. Some of this goes back to this center of the universe syndrome that so many people have where they think, well, this is my, I should be able to do what I want. I should be able to do what I want. I should be able to do what I want. 
And as a student, I'm the center of the universe. If I want this to happen, it should happen. That's not how it works. If it did, we don't need a school board. We don't need to. You guys can just vote on everything. Uh, one of the 17-year-old students said the grassroots student group had gained steam this year. She hopes the board will give more weight to the input of students. Quote, the ultimate goal is for them to not ban books anymore, but a more reachable goal in the near future is for them to listen to our voices and treat us as equals, not lessers, because we are students. Well, here's the reality. If you really want to be treated like adults, this is a great opportunity to learn that you don't always get your way. In fact, pretending because you're young that and active and, and concerned and voicing concerns, as you should do, that by default, that means that you're amazing and all of your ideas are incredible and we should default to you because you're the future. Pretending that is the real, that's, that is treating you as if you're lesser ultimately because it's not intellectually honest. Treating you like an adult is being more than willing to listen, really, truly listen, but then also being willing to say, okay, you want to be treated like an adult, not actually saying this, but we're going to treat like an adult. And here's the reality of things. And we understand you may not like it, but as an adult, you need to learn you're not the center of the universe. Now, again, I'm not saying you should express it this way because that wouldn't, that would be adversarial and could defeat the purpose, but ultimately that's treating a young person like an adult. I suspect that while fingers crossed, some students would grow and learn from that. Others don't really want to be treated like an adult. They wanted to be, they want to be treated like that special, special person who is so bright and so smart and everything they say is absolutely wonderful. Treating people that way does no one any good. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, if you are out there and you're looking to purchase a new vehicle soon, if you are a person who leases your vehicles and you're wanting a little more flexibility, or you are a business owner that is looking to add to your fleet of vehicles, I want to recommend Avis, the car rental company, and their brand new long-term rental program. Now, Avis, they created the long-term rental program probably about like a year ago to kind of bridge that gap between buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle. Uh, they have a lot lot more flexibility, especially when it comes to miles that you can drive per month. Um, there's no trips to the DMV and there's no vehicle maintenance costs. So it's a pretty neat little program. Uh, the best part about the program is, though, if you get into a vehicle that you realize, you know what, this is just not working out for me, you can swap vehicles out every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, just swing by the Avis store. It's located right here in Springfield off of Fort and Sunshine. Speak to Lauren. And of course, you can find all of the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. When it comes to the issue of schools and education, and, and there are kids that, I'm not talking about Nixa any longer specifically, but that take up these different causes, whether it's the banning of material that even they won't mention the content of or 
gun violence, you know, all, all these different causes. What seems to be lacking is the demand from students in the same capacity of turning things around to where our national education system starts doing better in terms of results. It is not uncommon you have these stories come out. Usually they're in blue-run counties and cities, Baltimore, Chicago, where you'll have zero, zero graduates that can do math on a eighth-grade level. That's what students should be protesting. You are getting screwed. You are spending the entire, your entire childhood in an industry, in an institution that is screwing you over ultimately. That's what the cause should be. Glenn Beck's coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm Nick Reed.